The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. You know, unchangeability is actually something that we like. We like unchangeability. You know, that very principle is what has built a number of brand names. They are built on the fact that, you know what, they're always the same. McDonald's is built on that fact. If you like a Big Mac, you can go to a McDonald's in Bromley, or you can go to a McDonald's in China. You can go to a McDonald's in America. You're going to get the same Big Mac taste and experience, that's what they say, in all of those places. You see, we like the unchangeable fact. We like the fact that actually our coffee from Starbucks is the same wherever town we're buying it or whichever station we're buying it at. We like the fact that at Easter time when there's Cadbury's cream eggs around, that we can go into any particular supermarket and we can get a Cadbury's cream egg and it's the same. We like that fact of unchangeability. Let me remind you of this. God does not change. The Word of God says that He is the same yesterday, today and forever. Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And in Malachi 3, 6, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. You know, just as we have confidence in brands, which we do put our confidence in, as I say, that's how they're built. They're established on the fact that we trust there's the similarity in their product from week to week. We trust in that. We should be able to trust in God because he is unfailing in his character. He remains steadfast. It's not boring. It's something that enables us to say, right, we can trust in this because God remains the same. So his unchangeability is something that gives us and should give us great confidence. The only problem is that we tend to forget that God is unchangeable. In fact, even worse than that, sometimes we forget about God. There's a warning which I want to talk about this morning, and the warning is something that Moses talked about to the children of Israel, but we also must receive for ourselves. The warning is this, watch out that you don't forget about God. Watch out that you don't forget about God. And we're going to look a little bit of this in Deuteronomy chapter 8. The time, the setting of the time of this is that the children of Israel have come to the edge of the promised land. They've been in the wilderness for 40 years. And now they've come to that point of change is about to happen. And you know what? Moses is concerned for them. He's been with them all the way from Egypt, all the way through the desert. He's seen them escape from Egypt. He's seen them be changed in the desert. And now there's this prospect of them going into this land, this land that was promised to them, this land of abundance. And he has concern for the fact that there's change that's coming. There's change that comes to us. Not all the change seems to be an advancement. Some of the change seems to be a closing down for us. But we are all facing change at this time. Adjustments are being made by the government on a week-by-week basis. If you went to Spain on holiday just a couple of weeks ago, you're now facing quarantine when you come back. Everything's changed. Things are changing all the time. And with change, there's new responsibilities. There's things that affect our lives. Moses knew for the children of Israel, they were about to face a big change. 
And he wanted to help prepare them for that. And he says to them, I don't want you to forget God. You need to remember about God. And you know what? We'd say like, forget God? How can I forget God? I mean, all of creation is talking about God all around us. Yeah, that's true. But we also know that even with that voice, we can find ourselves being confused by different things. Other things seem to take priority. Uh, Important issues, desperate issues, circumstances change. Things seem to come in upon us and those things can confuse us. So actually, even though there's evidence all around us, we find ourselves actually losing focus on God. And we don't want that to happen. So as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 8 briefly this morning, it is to encourage us with this, that to encourage us to keep our focus on God and not to lose sight of Him. Moses says to the Israelites, be careful, don't forget God. And I'm going to look at this very quickly, very quickly, under three headings. God has helped us this far. Satisfaction can lead us to pride Take time to remember. God has helped us this far. Satisfaction can lead to pride. Take time to remember. First point, God has helped us this far. As I say, they're on the edge of going into the promised land. So Moses says to the Israelites, stop. Gather around me. I need to talk to you. And the first thing he does is he reminds them about everything they've been through. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2 says this, Remember, this is Moses speaking to the people, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Remember. You know what remembering is? It's when you stop for a moment and you recall events that have happened of the past. Sometimes it's happy events, sometimes it's not necessarily happy events, but you're taking time to say, let me just reflect on those things again. Let me bring back some of that experience that I've gained from that. Let me just take a reflection of those things. And you need to stop. It's almost like you load that back into your mind, you look back at it, and you think about the things that you've experienced or the things that those situations have taught you. That's remembering. And Moses says to them, remember. Remember how the Lord led you. You can look back, he says to them, as it were. You can look back at particular days. There was the day when the Red Sea parted. You can look back at particular days. Or you know what? You can look back at the whole experience. And the whole experience was a blessing. God's brought us through. God's brought us to this place. So there were individual days of excitement and difficulty. There were some days of just plain normality. But you can reflect back on everything that God has done. And Moses says to them, you can not only see God's leading, but you can see God's testing. God has guided you through this time, but he's also allowed situations to come to you to test you. You know what, maybe the situation that we're going through now is to test us. Hey, how are you going to cope with trying to worship me when you're not allowed to do certain things? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to change your own heart? What are you going to do to help yourself when you get back home? How are you going to look after your spiritual life? You see, there can be a testing that comes through the experiences that we face. The Israelites were tested. They were tested in all sorts of different circumstances. But they were also blessed. And Moses goes on to say to them, hey, do you know what? Through these 40 years, your shoes haven't worn out. Your shoes haven't worn out. Your feet haven't swelled up. And when you had no food, God has provided food. 
I know some people would be very upset to think of the fact that you wouldn't have to buy any clothes for the next 40 years. Oh no, what about fashion? How do I feel right? I have this old thing, I've had it for the last 40 years. Am I wearing it again? There's some of that issue we have to face. But nevertheless, think of it. We know how things wear out. We know how our clothes, our socks, all sorts of things, they get worn by walking particularly. Listen, look at the blessings that you have received. And you know what? Sometimes you need to say, stop, 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 and just reflect back. There's that old chorus that we can remember, count your blessings, count your many blessings. I should be singing only behind the screen. Um, Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. There's a truth in that chorus which we need to take hold of, because there is that fact of actually... If we take stock and remember, we remember what God has given to us. The health that we have, the strength that we have to be able to do work, to be able to make things at home, family, friends, finances, food, clothes, homes, sleep, showers. It's, It's easy to forget the blessings that we have on a daily basis that are given to us. And of course, sometimes, as I say, along with blessings, there are temptations, there are trials that we go through to help us understand things. And you know what? God tested the Israelites. We see an example of this in Exodus 15. They've just crossed the Red Sea. They've just entered into the Promised Land. So it's been a case of like, look what God has done. He's helped us. But now they're in the desert, and they're thinking like, We're running out of water. We're running out of water. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And it says they had three days where they were searching for water. You can imagine what it's like. Day one, hey, we need to get water, guys. Anybody seen water? Where are the supplies of water? All right. Okay, we're surviving. We're surviving. Tomorrow we'll be okay. Day two, you slightly get a bit more frenetic. You're searching. You're looking. Hey, send out some guards. Send out some people. Search out. Find out where the water is. Day three you realize this is getting desperation because each day you're drinking your supplies and it's now getting less and less and less. And there's a sense of panic. There's a sense of desperation that is rising. And you can just imagine when they come and they say, we found water. They get to this place called Mara. We found water. Everybody wants to go to drink the water. They go to drink the water, but this water is bitter. It is undrinkable. So you found it, but it's no use. How frustrating is that? How, and we've got a picture where we are. We're not in Bromley on a coolish day, having just had a drink from home. You're in the desert, and it's hot, and you're sweating. So you're constantly getting rid of water as it's through your sweat, and now you need to replenish yourselves. And now all there is is this wretched water that's no use for anybody to drink. The frustration is great. What do you do? You see, God tests you to say, listen, can you do everything on your own? No, you can't. You need me. And you take for granted the fact that I supply you on a daily basis with things. Oh, I opened the fridge and there was some food there. I've got money in my wallet. I can buy food. I don't need God. No, no. God has given you the ability to produce wealth that you might be able to go and buy the food. He has made the crops grow in the field that you might have them supplied in the supermarkets. God has blessed us. Wow. The problem was solved for the Israelites because actually what happened was Moses cried out to God, God, what am I to do now? 
Exodus 15, verse 25. Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. Wow, problem solved. But you know what it's like when a problem's solved? Phew! Okay, now what's next? There's that sense in which you suddenly move on. Moses was trying to remind the people that we don't want to forget the blessings, that we want to press into the blessings. Point one, God has helped us this far. Point two, shorter than the first point, will have to be, satisfaction can lead to pride. Moses starts to explain to the Israelites what can be the cause of them being drawn away. The cause of them that, that causes them to forget about God. What is this cause? Deuteronomy 8, 7 to 14. Let me read it to you. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Oh my, you see, here's God promising that he is bringing the Israelites into a land that is filled with milk and honey. In other words, I'm bringing you down to a place of great blessing, of great abundance, and yet God is also saying, or Moses is saying to them, we've got to be really careful now. The blessing that God had promised was also, could be, a difficulty for them. When you have eaten, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord, is what he said in verse 10. And you know, we teach people to say, it's good to say grace before we have our food. To say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this, food, this meal you've provided for us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. But you know what I'm being taught here and what surprised me is, it's not just about beginning our meal. Thank you, Lord, for providing this. At the end of the meal, when it's been like, oh, that was good. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling satisfied. I'm feeling full up. That was good food. That is the time we should be saying, God, thank you. Thank you for what I've just had. Thank you for filling my stomach. Thank you for giving me the blessing and the goodness of the food that you have provided. Not taking it for granted, but taking hold of God. Moses is concerned for the Israelites. Change is coming to them. You're going to a place of abundance. You're not going to be eating manna. You're going to be eating the things that God has provided for you. But when you become full and prosperous, he goes on to say in verse 12, when your flocks and herds have become large and your silver and gold have become multiplied, be careful. You can sense the warning that Moses is trying to give to them. He's trying to say this, make sure the blessings you have received turn you to praise, not to pride. 
Make sure the blessings you have received turn you to praise, not turn you to pride. To pride is when we say, like, hey, look what I've done. Oh, wow. Look, we've got so much. There's a sense in which we just turn and reflect it upon ourselves. Look what we have accomplished. Look what my money has managed to buy. Look how hard I worked to earn that money, and now we can enjoy it. You enjoy the blessings of my work. No, no, no. You see, that's pride. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to work. Thank you for giving me the strength to rise out of my bed. Thank you for providing work for me. Thank you for providing the provision through all of the money that I've got and the, the, the things that I'm able to buy. Thank you, Lord. We want to make sure that the blessings that we have received turn us to praise, not just to pride. God has helped us this far. Satisfaction can lead to pride. Thirdly, take time to remember. Now, I know in my first point I was talking about remembering, but Moses is reminding them again that they need to take time to remember. Take time to remember. Deuteronomy 8, verse 15 to 18. He led you through the vast and terrifying wilderness with its venomous snakes and scorpions, a thirsty and waterless land. He brought you water from the rock of flint, he fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers had not known in order to humble you and test you so that in the end he might cause you to prosper. You might say in your heart, the power and strength of my hands have made this wealth for me. But remember, it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to gain wealth in order to confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers even to this day. See, Moses is reminding the Israelites, you were desperate for food, God provided. At times you were desperate for water, God provided. And he humbled you. And you know what? Sometimes it takes us to come to a place of humility. Humility is when we realize this is outside of my ability. And therefore I am humbled. I thought I could manage everything. I thought I could do this. I thought I could cope. But now I'm finding I can't. Now I'm finding I don't have that ability. Now I'm finding I need God. That's a humbling. And God will bring us to a place of humility so that we can always see that he is in control, that he has all the resources available to him, that he is the one who provides for us. God will bring us to that place if he needs to. A place where we realize this is God. Only he can do these things. And it's good for us, therefore, to remember, to reflect, to think back over all of those times where God has stepped into our lives, where God has answered our problems, where God has met our needs. And for all of us, it's different things. Health situations in our families, not just in our family, in our wider family, our mums, our dads, our brothers, our sisters, providing homes, providing school places, looking after our children, rescuing them from difficult friendship situations, helping us not to go into a bad relationship, helping us in our work, in our new job. All of these things that happen along the variety of life that we walk through, we just need to stop for a second and say, wow. God has helped me in the past, and he will help me again. Otherwise, we find ourselves praising ourselves. Look what I have achieved. I used to be a nothing, but now look at me. I've now become a manager. I've now got this position. I'm now in this department. I'm now doing this. We can easily reflect those things of our success onto ourselves rather than saying, wow, thank you, Lord. 
Look what you have done. It's so easy for us to forget because we get wrapped up. Strangely enough, we get wrapped up in our blessings. And yet we want to remember that the blessings come from the Lord. James 1.17 says this, Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. What is it in your heart that you get stirred with that thinks out, wow, yes, thank you, Lord. Even over this past week, the things at home, sometimes there's difficulties with in a family, children, all sorts of things. We know what family life is like. Let's not pretend family life is perfect. Family life goes up and down and there's rows and there's problems and there's difficulties and they're overcome and there's rejoicing and there's fun and there's friendship and all these sorts of things make up the multitude of our lives. But we just need to stop and remember and to make sure the blessings that we have received don't overtake our minds, but that we stop and say, wow, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you have done. Let me encourage you this week to take stock, to count your blessings and to see what God has done for you, giving him the praise, making sure that the blessings that we have received turn us to praise, not just turn us to pride. We want to walk away from that but we want to turn to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.